Welcome to Mindstand Pod, a series exploring workplaces and diving into cultures that make them tick. Each of our seasons will dive into unique factors of business, provide great stories from leaders in human capital, and offer helpful insights you can use today to impact your company. Say hi to everyone, Liang. Hey, it's so nice to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me to be part of this podcast. I'm, I'm excited to, to chat with you about this topic. Absolutely. You know, just this idea of talent acquisition, you know, every CEO, every manager has to think about how they approach hiring, how they think about this idea of talent acquisition, which will lead into a, a positive culture. So really glad to have you here. How about this, you know, to introduce yourself to the guests, you know, who are you? What are you working on? What are you doing at Pluristack? Yeah, so uh, again, my name is Liang Chung. I am the founder and CEO of Pluristack, which is a company that I actually launched in the middle of COVID. And I spent, after spending over 15 years as a people ops talent and HR, uh, both as a practitioner and a leader and senior advisor, I decided to take that expertise and uh, build my own business where I can share this expertise with companies that are in need of it. In, in terms of where uh, the business is focused on, um, we help early underrepresented early stage founders and mid-career women prepare for what I call their first. The first time that they're scaling their organization, the first time that they're designing their company culture, the first time that they are building out um, their talent acquisition strategy and, and plan. Um, the, for, for the women that I coach, um, I am working with women who are negotiating their salaries for the very first time. Perhaps some of them are have been working for the same organization for 15 years and they're ready to make a move um, into a new company for the very first time. So it's really centered around this first experience. And the reason why I decided to focus on that first experience that actually stems from my own upbringing. Um, I experienced a lot of firsts in, in my own personal life, being the first person to graduate from college, the first person to have a corporate, uh, to work in a, you know, a corporate uh, job in an office with a salary versus an hourly wage. Um, I, you know, I realized how daunting those experiences are when you're going for the first, going through that, that first um, time of, you know, encountering that experience. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really difficult to navigate, especially when you don't have someone who is guiding you through that process. So um, I really wanted to lean in on that experience that I had growing up from my own personal upbringing and then apply it to my professional career and, and business to help other people who are going through their first. That's special. Like you said, leading through experience, all of us, you know, whether we're first generation uh, college students down to second time founders, everything is new. And you can imagine how much the remote world introduced these new ideas, these new opportunities. And I'm glad to see that you're able to create Stack, understanding how there's this new shift in the way we work, the way we think and the way we hire. And you spoke on it a bit, talent acquisition, how you and your team at Pluristack has been able to help organizations think about hiring the best talent and ensuring that they can follow through with the culture of the company. So as one of the first questions, would love to know, what does talent acquisition mean to you? 
Well, talent acquisition is everything that happens before a, a candidate joins your organization and officially becomes an employee or when they just stay in that, that candidate pool process. It encompasses everything that's happening from you know, how you're going out into the market and developing that brand awareness about your uh, brand as an employer in the marketplace and what you have to offer. And it funnels through with uh, what kind of experience that you want to offer to the candidates as they're going through that particular pipeline um, or through that recruiting funnel. Um, how do they experience the company from every single touch point that they have, whether it's through your website, it's interacting with someone who's on your hiring team to the uh, you know, social media uh, presence that you have, um, your products, your services, all of those different components um, is, is part of that, that talent acquisition journey or talent acquisition experience. Um, it also pertains to the different types of uh, ways in which you're, um, you know, managing that flow. Uh, so what are the different systems and, and tools that you have as part of the process? And then one of the pieces that are that that is probably the most important aspect in, in my experience because it's really it's coming down to that very end, um, and it's so close to that decision making process, which is who's on your hiring team, um, who have you selected to be part of that that uh, group, who's going to be evaluating and selecting candidates, and then what is that experience going to entail uh, from an assessment perspective, from a conversation perspective, from an evaluation perspective, to make a decision for. Um, you know, the next hire at, at your organization. Absolutely. And, and you said it's, it's everything before they come into work for the first day, before they get their key fob. It's so important to be intentional about how you think about hiring, how you think about the first ideas that your pipeline, your, your talent pool have when they think about your organization. And have you seen in your work, it be very custom to the company, to their organization, or have you found kind of unique or ideal characteristics? So ultimately, do you find three or four or five ideal characteristics when you're looking for candidates within organizations? It's, it's going to vary depending on not just the organization, but also the phase of the organization, the stage of their business. Uh, someone who is looking to hire an employee for an early stage startup, for example, that has less than 10 employees may look for different qualifications or profiles versus a large enterprise business and, uh, you know, who, who may be looking for someone who has a much deeper subject matter expertise in an area, whereas that early stage uh, startup may be looking at someone who has expertise in a number of different areas and probably operates more as a, a generalist in, in that particular capacity because that's what is, is most important at that particular stage. Um, I think that there, the other thing that also plays a role in, um, you know, how you determine or how a company determines what the ideal candidate looks like will be the, the type of culture that you have in place or that you want to design and establish internally. And so you may look at different qualifications that really speak to 
to what it is that that you want to to have in place from a from a culture perspective and then the other component is going to be the the type of knowledge and background that you're looking for uh you know obviously they're they're being hired to perform a certain job or perform certain duties and with certain roles you're going to look for some things that could be non-negotiables um, in order to, to uh, effectively perform that role. And so those are the three factors that I think really help determine what that ideal candidate looks like. That makes sense. That makes sense. And, you know, it requires, uh, to your point, to look inward. What are you as the HR manager looking for in the future of the company? If you were to look at this organization five years down the line, you know, is there a certain brand? Is there a certain performance metric that you're hiring for today to reflect those goals as well? You know, it can't be one size fits all, but to what you've mentioned, you know, there are characteristics, there are ideal factors that you're looking at when sourcing and looking at talent as well. So I'd love to know, you know, diving a bit more into your work within Polaristack, how do you evaluate within companies and help them excel when they think about talent acquisition? So since I predominantly work with clients who are in that early stage phase, uh, so these are, you know, they're at the seed stage, series A, and um, the type of clients that I work with there, you know, maybe they have five employees and they're scaling to 10, uh, you know, within the, the next few months. And it's, you know, from a depending on the size of organization, it may not necessarily look like large numbers, but it's a large number for them. It's the first time that they're growing in, uh, you know, with that level of significance. And at that stage, depending on the founder's background and experience in talent acquisition, um, it could range anywhere from help me develop a, um, a plan. Um, you know, how do I phase out? The, do I hire everybody all at once or do I phase this out over time? And if I phase it out over time, what does that methodology look like? What is the logic that I should be applying as I'm looking at um, you know, phasing out the hiring for, for um, people uh, to join my organization. And then, uh, you know, from there, it could be, you know, what I know that I need somebody in marketing, but I'm not really sure. Should I hire an analyst or should I hire a manager? Uh, you know, what what do I actually need? Um, and how how is this person going to fit, you know, within the rest of the organization? Um, so those are the, the different things that that um, you know, we would look at. And then uh, of course, um, doing the employer branding piece. So you know, how do you go out to the market? How do you sell? How do you present yourself? How do you compete with all the other big players that offer all these sexy perks and benefits, right? That you may not necessarily be able to afford at this time. Um, and so how do you tell that, that employer uh, brand story in the marketplace to, to be compelling and stand out? Yeah, absolutely. It's fine. You know, it's perfectly fine if you have no clue how to hire, you know, the next one, two or 20 employees. I think all too often, you know, this idea of corporate leadership, especially in the startup world, there's a lot of things we're expected to know. There's a lot of things we're expected to be able to present on. But what you're saying is how you engage with the companies is saying is understanding where they are, meeting them where they are, being open and creating that relationship so that you're able to create, like you said, the perfect talent acquisition plan. You're able to understand what hires you need versus the hires that you want maybe in the more short, short term. That, that's so excellent. <laughs> 
And so, you know, um, amazing work. A company that's been off the ground for the past couple months, thinking about the growth and expansion, would love to know, Liang, you know, what do you believe, what are some of the lessons that you've learned so far? What do you believe you can teach the world, not only within talent acquisition and hiring, but just this idea of culture setting and leading through example? That's a big question. Uh, I, I think, you know, the what I have learned, I'm going to look at my experience being both an employee of an organization and how I, I took in that, um, you know, the, the culture and the values, and then also in leading talent and culture for, for different organizations. I think, you know, it is important to create an environment whether that is the physical environment or the community that the that employees and people belong to and create an environment where people feel that they matter and that they are seen um, and that they are contributed contributing and adding value um, in some way um, and then also you know in, in looking at their future it's you know, it, will I, do I have a place here long-term? Do I see myself growing here? Do I see myself being supported in a way where I'm being set up to advance and, and set up to succeed? Um, that's something that is, is incredibly important when I am evaluating a, a company that I'm thinking about joining when I'm a candidate myself. And it's incredibly important as a employee in how I experience that company and whether or not it's worthwhile for me to continue going and to, to stay and to invest my time um, in, in the company. I think that's one of the, the missed opportunities sometimes is that companies are looking at it in you know a one-sided way of like, well, we're here, we're providing all these things and um, you know why, why wouldn't uh, someone wanna stay because we have all these wonderful things to offer. Well, um, it's digging deeper into that that statement and, and asking yourself and doing some reflection of, well, yeah, you may be offering all those things, but is it really addressing the needs of the people that that work in your company? Is it really hitting on the points that are really meaningful and valuable to to people? And that's always going to be a constant work. It's I don't think it ever it can ever be stagnant because. Uh, preferences change, needs change, right? And we saw that um, over the past 12 months where something completely unexpected occurred and it, you know, threw everybody for a loop and uh, people, you know, their lifestyles changed, their values changed, their needs changed entirely. And therefore companies have to adapt to those changes to respond to it. Absolutely. We saw it. Employers, had to and needed to listen to their employees because they're not only relying on their organization for the compensation, but they're relying on them to reflect the values that they have, reflect the lifestyle that each employee, you know, contains. And it really sounds like there's a level of ob objectivity that you bring to the table, Liang. It's this idea of understanding and seeing the company's goals, their visions, but also giving them the insight to say, this makes sense your next three years, the strategies that you have are gonna work well. Let me tell you how this is gonna affect the 40 year old mother of two in your organization. 
Exactly. The person who's working remotely from across the country, have you thought about how his experiences may play into the growth that you have as a leader? Does that sound correct? Could, would you call that your superpower? <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess, you know, I, I try to be really uh, in tune to what I, you know, what I describe as the things that are being said and the things that are not being said, because you can also learn a lot from the silence in your organization. Um, what are people not saying that is a cause or a point for, um, you know, for, for reflection um, and to, to be curious and dig into that a little bit more because there's, a, there's something there that, that people are trying to um, share or express themselves in, in a certain way. And, you, and it's a responsibility of, of employers to investigate that. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much, Liang. And as we wrap up, would love to know, when we think about hiring and talent acquisition, have you found tools, have you found exercises that you believe our viewers today could benefit from a quick read, maybe a free trial? How do you think about equipping employers with tools for hiring and maintaining top talent? So I think the first, the first tool is selecting a, a really fantastic um, applicant tracking system or ATS system so that you're able to automate the process and then also put rigor and structure into how you're um, you know executing uh, talent acquisition throughout the throughout that process. So I think that that would be my first recommendation. And um, the other piece just because I also, have a focus and look at things from a DEI lens, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion lens, is looking at the recruiting operations. So these are all of the things that happen as soon as your applicant is applying for a role, and then they're going through that process uh, from you know the the initial phone screen to the onsite is paying attention to all of the nuances and all the little details in that process because it really could either lean towards or help you achieve the diversity, equity, and inclusion goals or um, principles or strategies that you have in place, or it could you know, uh, move you further away from that entirely. And so that's another area that I, um, you know, would advise and, and recommend to, to pay extra attention and caution to is, um, you know, to, to not just like speed through that process and be really mindful and thoughtful about how you're designing that and, and putting that together and how everything works um, to ensure that you're creating a really wonderful candidate experience from, um, you know, an inclusion perspective. Yeah, and it's never too late to what you've mentioned. You know, you may have hired the first 10 employees or you may be just thinking about your first full-time hire. It's never too late and it's never too early to think about how to create, you know, a great structure around hiring and retaining top talent. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Liang. In closing, would love to know, how can people reach you? What are some great ways to be able to interact with you and Polaristack? Well, um, thank you so much for having me on, on your podcast and, and being a guest here. It's, it's always, I, I always enjoy our conversation. So this is nice to be able to hit record this time. 
And uh, in terms of like how uh, people can stay in touch, I am on LinkedIn. Um, so you can find me there. Um, and I also have um, Polora Stack listed. Um, you can find me at LinkedIn or on Instagram as well. Awesome. And so now I'm going to be asking for the first time this question that I'm sure I'm going to be asking over and over again. <laughs> Thank you for being the first um, person, the first participant for this first episode. So I would love to know, Ling, do you know or do you think, could you think of one or two people that would benefit from becoming our next guest at the MindStand pod? I do have a couple of people uh, in mind. So I will, um, I always like to check in with them to make sure that they're okay with the introductions first and they have the capacity. But yes, I definitely have, I actually have more than a couple of names for you. So I'm happy to share that with you. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Liang. This was an amazing conversation. And I believe you provided some great resources that employers, CEOs, managers can take into action today to create a more inclusive and better work environment. Thank you. Thank you.